Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to On The Match. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Joined by Doug. Doug Bar Van Gelder. And Doug, you know why I'm saying Doug Bar. You love, not, hey, there hasn't been a bowl of ice cream that you've ever turned away. First of all, Amen to that. you love ice cream. But the Dove Bar reference, Scott, is when we were at the NCAA tournament one year, he had a Dove Bar, and he spilled a whole glop on someone in front of him, and he wasn't even going to say anything. One piece of chocolate off the <laughs> And he wasn't going to say anything. He was going to lean back in his seat, okay. and you weren't even going to say anything, Doug. And then next year, there's vindication. Listen, bought- I said something to the guy. We bought you Dove Bars last year. I offered year. to buy him a new T-shirt. Listen. He said, no, that's a good story. <laughs> we bought you Dove Bars the next year before we went. Uh, and, I and dropped it on myself. Yeah, and you dropped it on yourself. So what goes around comes around. Exactly. We know that to be true. Exactly. Doug, I, well, t- tell us about the t- You got your season ticket. You got eight season tickets for UNI Wrestling. Yeah, well, I got six, and Scotty got two, and, and we're, we're trying to get that going up there. It's still time to get your season tickets. That first meet is coming fast. Mm-hmm. It's coming real fast. Two weeks from this Saturday. But, I mean, it needs to be, you know, you bought these tickets for Scott. I mean, that's a nice gesture for a producer. Well, he's earned them. He has earned them. He has earned them. And if so. he's not there November 20th, I'm going to be disappointed. If I don't look across and say, hey, there's Scott Fenzloff. Well, you know, he may have professional obligations, too. But uh, uh-uh. if he doesn't, we need him there. Not for this one. We're, we're getting him there. And to kick it all off, on November 19th, we're having a Doug Schwab Social. It's the official start of the Schwab era at the Gable Museum. We're going to have that 8 o'clock a.m. 8 a.m. on a Friday morning. On a Friday morning, November 19th. Open to the public. Get there because we have a a star-studded lineup. We're going to have the Schwabs, both Schwabs, Doug and Mark. We're going to have Tolly Thompson. We're going to have Joe Slayton. We're going to have Randy Pugh. They're all going to have words. But we're going to have Troy Danham, the athletic director, and Jim Miller give remarks as well. It's, It's as packed as you get. Great way to kick off the Schwab era in Cedar Falls, Waterloo area. Well, probably. I hope you have an all-star lineup of donuts, too. Well, there will be. Okay. There'll okay. be donuts and, and all kinds of bagels. That's my second favorite food, past ice cream. You, so. the donuts is? Yeah. Huh. That's Other bad. than Ruth's cookies. I mean, they're, well, they're in a class by themselves. I know. But you like food, period. <laughs> I think food as a whole is your favorite food. That's the best way to describe it. But, Doug, you got to be there for this. This is a great way to kick it off the following day. So we're having the 19th is the beginning of the Schwab era. We're calling it that because we're kicking it off sure. on the 19th at 8 a.m., free breakfast. Please be there. It's a great opportunity to hear Doug Schwab get us motivated, which he is. He's a motivational coach. Great article by Jim Nelson in The Courier. 
on uh well, on I had Doug a guy Trump. tell me yesterday that uh he hasn't heard anything about Wartburg and I said that's on you. You know, that's uh there's there's plenty out there. I said they're rated number two in the country right now yeah. and uh having Jimmy there that's gonna be great. It's it's a great time to be in this area for, for wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Because you got Wartburg who's always strong. Jim Miller's one of the motivational forces in this area. Really does a lot for the community, understands it, gets what is important for wrestling. But Doug Schwab coming in with his staff, there's a there's an excitement with the program that's uh that really is contagious and we're trying to you know just build on that with this November nineteenth breakfast. So I'd encourage anyone who wants to participate, wants to be there and hear a, a really good speaker in Doug Schwab and his staff and Troy Dannon and Jim Miller. you you got to be there. That will be a great time. It's going to be a real good time. And we're going to have a good time on this show. We talk about these peak shows where it really can't get better. It really can't get better than this show, Doug. Don't be saying that, Kyle. How, how, how can it not? you got Rob Cole, head coach of the number one ranked Cornell University. And you got John Smith, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's won 34 NCAA team titles in its history. John Smith's six-time world and Olympic champion. Northern American has won more than two in a row. He's the legend. Well, you know, I, I can see that. You know, they, this is very, this is high quality that we've got here today. But, you know, if we had Dan Gable and Tom Brands, uh, maybe Kevin Jackson, uh, I mean, that, that's pretty hard to beat, It too. would be a great show, but I'm just saying with this show, you don't get better than this show. Okay. Kevin Jackson and Tom Brands on the same show would equal it, but you don't get bigger than this. All right. You don't get bigger than this, and, and it's going to be fun to hear. It's interesting to, you know, have you ever talked, uh, have we, we've never had the Ida, uh, the Boise State uh, coach on, have we? I think we have. Greg Randall? Gosh, it's been a while. We need to, from Mount Vernon four-time state champion, so we, we definitely... And the number two ranked team. Number two ranked team, and, and certainly, I mean I mean this, a legitimate title contender, which we need to talk about. With this season, it, it really is shaping up. When you look at it, it's, it's shaping up to be a really crazy season. And the last time I think I saw this... Let the craziness begin. Let the craziness begin in 1998. That's the season that I think was one of the most crazy. And it was really when Dan Gable retired the following year, it was like it was just this free-for-all. And it was like everyone thought they were competitive, and they were. Minnesota was in the mix. Oklahoma State was in the mix. Iowa was in the mix. Thank you. If you remember right, Iowa hadn't lost a home dual meet at Carver Hawkeye Arena. One home dual meet in Gable's career, and then the next year they lost three home dual meets yeah. at home. Yeah. So at Carver Hawkeye Arena, excuse me. So a lot of a lot of interesting things could happen this year with things shaken up, and you see the the rankings when you actually see Iowa State ranked 25th and. You tell someone that today, and they say, well, where's Iowa State ranked? And they had no idea that they could be as low as 25th, and University of Iowa is 7th. It's going to be a crazy year, and the question is, can some other team other than Oklahoma State, Minnesota, or Iowa, the only teams to win in the last 22 years, pull it off? And I'm not sure Boise State, as much talent as they have, I'm not sure they have what it takes to really get over the hump. Not saying they can't get a trophy, but I think Cornell has been in that position before. They played second last year. Rob has been in the top ten perennially, and they've had another trophy, a fourth-place trophy, about five years ago. I think this Cornell team is ready to go. They're my odds-on favorite going in. I'd have to agree with that entirely. I mean, uh, they didn't lose that many points from last year, did they? No, they didn't lose many at all, and they have uh, 
they have guys that are proven. I mean, guys that you know. Lunas looks get to improve on his finish. Yeah, Lunas is at 174. He's, Date going up. That's going to be interesting. Date going up to 49, but I feel good about him moving up. Well, he looked like a 49-pounder last year, stuffed in a 41-pounder singlet. He was big. Yes, he was. He was real big. So my, my odds on favorite, as much as uh, I, I've been uh, in favor of what, what Iowa can do, and I certainly – people think I'm crazy – when I actually think that Iowa is a, is a contender. I, and I just don't rule Iowa out. Yeah, they're a young team. You have Matt McDonough, your returning NCAA champion back. But I, I never rule out the University of Iowa. And people, you know, we had someone critical say, what, what Kool-Aid are you drinking? You know, you're, you're buying into buying into the Iowa hype. But I've just seen them come through time and time again that I think that they're, they're at least going to be in the mix, if not winning. Well, they certainly have some outstanding young recruits that uh, that have come in, sat, took a red shirt last year, and now they're going to come up and try and, you know, get it going for Iowa. And uh, they'll be up for the challenge. But I think probably the team that's going to improve the most this year is University of Northern Iowa. Give us your rationale. It's, it's interesting because... Where did uh, they finish last year? We had Duran Beats at eighth. Yeah, eighth place. And... Uh, I think they've got, what, five all, five people that have wrestled at the NCAA tournament coming mm-hmm. back this year to wrestle. Although they're not all All-Americans, I mean, that's uh, they've got a coach that seems to be able to take them to the next level. In fact, insists that they go to the next level from what uh, was inferred in a couple of articles yesterday. So I, that, that's my reason right there. They've always had the talent. They haven't had the will, perhaps. And this year, they'll have both. Well, a team that's going to have a lot to say about that in the Western Wrestling Conference, and I think this is good that uh, you bring that up, and that's University of Wyoming. They are making a, uh, a splash on the national scene. And, uh, I'd like us to at least talk about the, the All-Star Meet, which is taking place in California. As you know, California is really being decimated by, yes. by, by you don't want to say Title IX, but... Uh, being programs. decimated by... By the economy right economy now out there. And just it, Programs are being dropped there, so they're going to have the All-Star Classic. This is kind of a tradition with the National Wrestling Coaches Association to have the All-Star Classic in places that need it. They've had the All-Star Classic in Oregon before, and they're actually bringing this to California. And right now they have nine of the ten official weight classes filled in. And I, I go back and forth even on the All-Star meet itself. It doesn't count. It's a, a nice showcase for programs to get in. I'm not sold on it if it doesn't count. I, I think it should count on your record. Why, why go out there and risk yourself and put yourself on the line if it doesn't count for anything? And I, I just think it should count on your record. They say it doesn't count when it comes to seating, but we all know that it does in some capacity. I mean, that, that's in your sure. mind, certainly. And what it impresses me with Wyoming is that they have two wrestlers wrestling at the All-Star Mate, Shane Onifer who's ranked 11th at 165, and Joe LeBlanc at number two. I mean, was, was an inch away from making the NCAA Finals last year. will be a junior this year. He's going to re- be wrestling Kurt Smith at 184. So you have the top-ranked wrestler in 184, Kirk Smith, from Boise State, and Joe LeBlanc from Wyoming. So what a great West Coast flavor there, Doug. Well, it needs to be – we need to have places like uh, Boise State, uh, Cal State Fullerton, Oregon State, you know, we're not just the Midwest. We've got to show that this is truly a, a nationwide sport 
And I think that's great that we've got uh, one and two coming from those two schools. It's real important. It's real important that we develop that area out there. And I think with... with California has the most high school wrestlers of any state in the union. It's a big state. It makes sense. But they have fewer opportunities than than most of the people here in Iowa do. That's kind of sad. It is sad. It really is. And that's why it's important that they're... They're having this here, and that we get uh, we get more people involved. And the uh, the All Star Classic has been at the Dome before, and there's always been a, a pretty good turnout when uh, when the All Star Classic comes here. And I think it's just a it's a good showcase event, but it should count. Something just just struck me. Here we are. We're a true cross country experience because we've got the Nationals in Philadelphia this year. And we've got the All Star Meet in California. What do you want? That's kind of cool. What do you want to drive out to, it, Doug? To the uh, the All Star Meet. I think we'll fly if I win the lottery tonight, but that's all right. Yeah, we can. It's November twenty first, and we're going to the home dual meet for Northern Iowa. So we we'll charter a jet. You know, if, if I win, <laughs> if I win so, the lottery tomorrow okay. night. Tomorrow can, night. can Scott come? Absolutely. All right, so he's in. Make him the voice of wrestling. He's in. And hey, what, while we're talking about you and I wrestling, make sure you get over the wrestle offs this weekend too. Yeah, November 6th, the West Gym, 10 o'clock, this Saturday. So I'd love to see Doug Van Gelder up there I'd with his booming voice. Too, but I'll be working probably. So. Well, we need your booming voice because the one thing we lack a lot of times at wrestling meet is energy. And Doug, when your voice penetrates a crowd, we know it's you. Yeah, I, I've, been, it's very piercing. I've been told that. It's very piercing. And with your size and your presence, we can uh, we can utilize you in a lot of ways. And and. Hey, I'm, I'm holding you to task. You said you were going to make sure this West Gym is packed against Old Dominion. What are you doing to, to make that happen, Doug? No, you got eight tickets. And uh, the last count I heard, closing on 500 season, season tickets. Ticket sale. And that's impressive. I want to double that for sure. We got Everybody that's bought one, go buy another one. Well, you bought eight. I'm, I'll buy another eight? I don't know, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, you're... Yeah, you're money. You're getting a little ahead of yourself, though. Yeah. But you did get eight, and that's that. Uh, that's impressive. And you did find it okay at the McLeod Center. You called me, and we're uh, we're lost up there. I thought it was fairly easy, but it was easy once I figured it out. Yeah, I thought it was says. at the building. You had to go to the south door. So I'm standing there, ding, ding, jerking the doors, and it's like this ain't right. You couldn't get it. This isn't right. So then I drove up a little further. Oh, ticket sales. That works. When it's it's great too. <laughs> Not only did you get eight, but we have, uh, I know Bill Smith, our only Olympic champion in UNI history, is going to be at the first dual meet. So if that's reason enough, I mean, you're going to get, get the legacy there. Is he? I don't know. He should. For me, he is. I'm going to introduce him as many people as possible. That's another reason. Well, we should have a special shout out for him and in introducing him to the crowd because I think it's time a lot of those students up there realize where their only Olympic medalist has ever come from. Only Olympic champion. Okay. Jerry Lehman was a medalist. Yeah. I, I got to call you to task on a technicality, Doug. I know. It's you're important. always detail-oriented, it's Kyle, important. and I, I can live with that. So. Okay. But That's why I keep you around. You, got, <laughs> you set me straight. Well, we try. And Ruth. But it's, uh, it's important to be there for that first home dual meet on November 20th. We'll keep plugging away. And make sure you get to the breakfast November 19th at 8 a.m. at the Dan Gable Wrestling Museum. Free breakfast. Doug Schwab and staff. Jim Miller. And Troy Dannon, the athletic director, will be in attendance and will have some remarks about the starting of the Schwab era. So we are excited about that. And, of course, our show is going to be really good today. We have Rob Cole, 
head wrestling coach at the top-ranked Cornell University, and his father is the legend, Bill oh. Cole. And made Mike Chapman's list. Did he? And we're we're talking about a great uh, great asset to this area. And when you think about wrestling at the NCAA tournament, the first back-to-back outstanding wrestler, the outstanding wrestler at the NCAA tournament is named after a Northern Iowa wrestler. It's the Bill Cole Outstanding Wrestler Award. And if that's not something to aspire toward, and I think every you and I wrestling fan and, and wrestler should know about that. So I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that they, uh, they make that more aware, that that's the good. Outstanding Wrestler Award is named after idea. Bill Cole. So Bill Cole is the father of Rob Cole, who is going to be our first guest on this program. And breaking down a little bit, we're talking about the All-Star Classic, which debatable on how, uh, how effective it is sometimes, but it, I'm glad that they do it. Jordan Oliver at 133, Oklahoma State, returning. He's going to be at, uh, be at the All-Star meet. I think it's good Burrow's that... Burroughs uh, going to the All-Star meet. Let's see, you, you want to ask about 165? Burroughs is not going to be there, but uh, they, they try to get the first and second ranked wrestler, but a lot of times they don't. The only one that I see right now is 133, Jordan Oliver, number one against Andrew Hochstraster from Boise State, number two. And at 184, we have number one, Kirk Smith, as we mentioned, against Joe LeBlanc of Wyoming. Al- Alan Gelogayov, who was at Oklahoma State last sure. year, the Russian, he's moving actually up moving up to heavyweight this year. So I think there's always a good, I think it's always good when 197 pounders move up in weight. They always have a good, uh, good transition and always usually works out well because they have a lot of technique and are able to adapt it. So it's an interesting connection there too with Golgayev coming to this country from Russia for his collegiate career. And I think that's uh, that was that struck me last year as pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. We have uh, just a couple minutes here, Doug, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know you don't like writing time. What do we have to do to get you on board with that? Because I like writing time, and I used to hate it. Part of it was because of you, but I thought about it, and I actually like writing time in college wrestling. Give you a minute to explain why you don't like it. No, I don't need a minute. I just, uh, I don't like it because if they're going to call somebody for stalling, that's when it happens generally. It can be from underneath or it can be from on top. And uh, to me, it's always been my contention that if you're trying to ride a guy, you're trying to get a point. So to me, it's a, it's an, I guess I could put up with it if they didn't charge the guy on top with stalling. Okay. Doug Van Gelder's anti-riding time. Plus, it cost me a trip to state, so... Did it really? So yes. that's why it is. It's, it's, it's personal. It's self-effacing, yes. It's personal. Well, it's going to be a... I, I, I say it's top-shelf show. Doug thinks we could get one step better. I don't think I so. I don't know that we could get better, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there that could provide the same kind of show we're having tonight, and that's what our intent is here, isn't it? Right, we want to keep, uh, keep them fresh, and we want to keep them outstanding. We have Rob Cole, head wrestling coach at... University of Cornell, top-ranked Cornell. He's next on the mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. The folks at Retrophone have two questions to ask you. Is your house uncomfortable in the summer heat or winter cold? Do you dread getting your utility bill every month? Well, having your house re-insulated is the best way you can save on your utilities all year round. Retrofoam is the best insulation for existing homes and is environmentally safe and non-toxic and comes with a lifetime guarantee. Retrofoam's R-value is higher than any other insulation and costs less to install than any other re-insulation products. Retrofoam will not break down over time and is not affected by moisture. With savings up to 50% on your 
utility bill, you can enjoy the comfort of your own home more this year. Take a moment to watch the short installation video at RetroFoamIA.com. As always, estimates are free. That's RetroFoamIA.com. Then call RetroFoam of Iowa at 877-791-FOAM. 877-791-FOAM. You may also be able to take advantage of the tax credit available through this year. Call now and ask the friendly folks at RetroFoam about the special fall savings plan. 877-791-FOAM. Jay's Homestyle Cooking. Homemade without the hassle. Everything is made from scratch, just like Grandma's Kitchen. Jay's offers a full menu of mouth-watering, hearty selections for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Delicious fluffy omelets, pancakes, and waffles to juicy hand-breaded tenderloins. Big enough to satisfy the largest appetite. Jay's Homestyle Cooking also offers lighter fare, like homemade soups, wraps, and salads. When you want homemade, get to Jay's Homestyle Cooking. Just off Hudson Road, south of the Unidome. Ever hear the old expression, good health is hard to find? Well, it's not true. Good health is just a phone call away. This is Deborah Bailey, owner of Express Employment Professionals, your neighborhood employment resource. Whether you need temporary workers, have a professional full-time position that needs to be filled, or need an HR solution, we're the place to call. You will never again be heard to say, good health is hard to find, because you'll know that good health is just a phone call away. Express yourself today. Plan to attend the 25th Annual Pheasants Forever Banquet Friday, November 5th in Waterloo. The Cedar Valley's premier conservation banquet will feature 250 raffle prizes, including over 35 guns, decoys, and limited edition artwork. The evening begins with boasting and toasting at 5 and a prime rib dinner at 7 o'clock. Last year's event was a sellout, so get your banquet ticket now by calling Jim Bozier at 269-0591. That's Jim Bozier at 269-0591. The 25th Annual Pheasants Forever Banquet, Friday, November 5th at the Electric Park Ballroom in Waterloo. We're back on the mat. 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, Dan Gable Museum, joined by Doug Van Gelder. And our first guest, he's number one. Yes, he is. Top-ranked Cornell University. I'm sure he likes the sound of that. And he has a father that you could say is number one, Bill Cole, the legend, undefeated at Iowa State Teachers College, which is now the University of Northern Iowa. And, Rob, I want to start out with that. Your dad course was the first back-to-back outstanding wrestler has a legendary career in wrestling but also a legendary career in world war ii stormed the beaches of normandy how much did he talk about his time in world war ii and his wrestling career to you i mean until until the 50th uh, reunion of d-day and then i picked up usa today and, I, and he was on the front page with uh two other athletes so i think it was a uh, let's see it was like a, a Joe DiMaggio and, and someone else. It was two really legendary uh, baseball players. I can't remember the people who who, who the people were right now. Uh, and then after that, he started talking about about his experiences. So um, it was I guess he was kind of like what it was a saving private saving private Ryan when you're when you're going around the beachhead clearing up bodies. I mean, literally, that's one of the one of his duties. You don't really want to talk about it or think about it a lot. So it wasn't a, a huge part of my life until uh, until after the 50th anniversary of D-Day. Were you pretty close with your dad? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and, and he, I guess I got pushed into into military, uh, you know, the strategies and and uh, things of you know, like the battlefields, and the, we went through uh, every every Civil War battlefield 
on the East Coast, and and uh, I grew up watching black and white movies of uh, on, on PBS of uh, you know the, the the invasions, but he never talked about it. Uh, so I actually got a lot to know. I you know, learned quite a bit about about the, about uh, war and military, even though I didn't know anything about his involvement in the war. Of course, I hated it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. I hated it. I remember storming. Uh, uh, see, going up uh, Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the middle of August, and thinking it was the most horrible experience of my life. And then, you know, years later, of course, I'm trying to drag my kids along to the same thing that you did to me. Well, you are going to be coming to the national duels here very quickly in uh, in January, and participating in a, in a great event that's been traditionally held at Cedar Falls the last few years, anyway. I, I'm wondering, with the UNI connection, and with you know as much about fundraising and what it takes to get awareness for our program. I wonder what it would take for Northern Iowa to do something for Bill Cole, whether it's name the wrestling room after him or doing something. How would you get on board and how should Northern Iowa go about that? Oh, good Lord. One of the things you never tell your, your alumni is that you're, uh, one of the things the alumni never want to tell me is what I'm willing to, what they're willing to do financially. Cause after, as soon as I hear that, they're going to, I'm going to be all over them. So God forbid, I'm going to tell them that I'm going to give big gifts. <laughs> you know, I'll probably give me a call tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Certainly, I'd be willing to help out. I don't have the the financial resources to to build to name a building or name a name a room, but uh, but I'd certainly do whatever I can uh, in my father's honor as far as you know hitting up my brothers and sisters. Uh, but uh, I haven't been hit up yet, so hopefully Schwab does not listen to this show. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I know there's a new book out on Adam Fry, and his life was certainly cut short with uh, with cancer. I'm wondering, have you have you looked through the book? And I, I'm just interested in knowing from you what what kind of a person Adam Fry was. Well, I literally have the book in my hand right as we speak, and I got it about uh, I opened it about an hour ago, so I haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, but of course, Jamie Moffat is a former Cornell wrestler, so it's it's nice to you know to have it have it written by Fly Jamie. It looks like a great great piece. It's got some really very touching pictures and images of of Adam from his childhood till. Uh, Till dying day, so I I will be able to tell you more about that in a day. I'm interested though because you had uh, had a period there where Troy Nickerson, who was on your team, lost his father, and you had Adam Fry lose his life shortly after that. How do you compare that when you have an athlete who's who's part of your family? It's part of the Cornell University family. You compare that to the death of your father. How do you compare those two? Is it uh, is it similar? Ah, uh, you know, I, I mean, I. That's a really tough question as far as how how did it affect the team or how did it affect the individuals? I mean, certainly Troy's death. I mean, it, it obviously affected people differently. On who you know, those who were closer to Adam obviously affected them more than those freshmen who came in who never knew Adam. But, you know, who, who because Adam was important there that last year. Um, so I think it, it all really depended upon how close they were to Adam. Uh, Troy's father was 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 a uh, was kind of a fixture. The Cornell wrestling room. Yeah, we, we, so a lot of people got to know him pretty well. But we've, unfortunately, we've we've had some tragedy here at Cornell. We had a young man who, who died of a heart attack. He was just warming up. And Graham Morin, uh, we had a boy who, who uh, the day before he came to Cornell, got got shot in a drive-by shooting out in California. And we had a boy who actually, you know, got hit by hit by a drunk driver. So one of the things we tell our kids from day one is, you know, look around you, look to your right, look to your left. These are your, this is your new family. There's a good chance that over the next four or five years, somebody will have a horrible experience, whether it's their mother, their father, their aunt, their uncle, one of their teammates. Uh, that's part of the life. And the one consistent uh, feature 
in, in our in our sport and, and the four years you're going to be here as the team and, and know that they were here for you. So you know, that's the one the one overriding factor I always tell the guys is uh, that regardless of how bad things are going, uh, wrestling is a consistent thing, uh, a consistent part of your life, and it, and it needs to be something you, you do uh, in good times and bad. And I do think that helps our helps the kids get through these these very tough uh, experiences. I will also say, eighteen to twenty two year old kids or kids I don't call them that because they're, they're still young. The kids in my book are probably the the, the most selfish. Uh, creatures known to mankind. I mean, it's, it's the nature. So they tend to be in their own little world, and 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 they and they're so busy that that they I, I would say they're they're more resilient than than a lot of other people in, in different parts of, uh, in their life times of their lives. We're talking to Rob Cole, head wrestling coach of Cornell University. They're the top ranked team in the nation, and I want to talk to you about that. Do you like the pressure that comes with being the number one team in the nation, Rob? Well, I don't know how many Division One programs are out there right now, but 90-ish, maybe less, I'm sure. Uh, I think but maybe if it's 85. And I am certain, without doubt, there's 84 teams that would love to be in our shoes. So, you know, I, I, and I know that because I remember when we weren't number one. It was every other year that I've ever been a coach. And, and I've always would, you know, dreamt of this moment where we're ranked number one. I, I uh, dreamt of the moment we're ranked number one, and I also dreamt of the, of the moment we finished number one. And, and I... Well, that's true. I've really, I've literally had those dreams. Um, it will be a dream come true when, when we win this national championship, and and then of course we got to figure out how we can win it more and more because we don't want to just do it once. If people bought into that at Cornell University, not not as much the wrestling people, but the people outside, are they are they starting to see it? I know you have this red man campaign where you have the uh, the guy in the red suit go around and shake hands with the wrestlers. Are people getting excited about Cornell wrestling, especially this year? Well, you know, it's not a new phenomenon, fortunately. We've we've been doing this, I think, in the last, oh gosh, 12, 10, 10, 20 or 12 years, we've been in the top 10 every year, except for once that year we were 12. So we've we've been up there in the top 10 pretty consistently. Uh, so people have very high expectations from year to year what what they uh, say what they expect from us. Uh, so it's it's not a huge uh, change from last year where we were where we ended up second. And the Red Man, I mean, quite honestly, the reason, the, 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 the idea behind Red Man is a, a way to try to get a hold of more college students. That's one of our missing, our missing links to, a, to our, 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 our little chain. And, and college students are a finicky group. At Cornell, if you don't have a, a, ice, a puck or a basketball, people don't, they don't come to matches. And I think that's pretty much status quo across the country. Most of our crowd is high school, junior high, alumni and folks uh, in the community. So Redman was our kind of our way of, of trying to capture the attention of, of college students and through Facebook. So that was where we really worked a lot of social mediums this, mediums this year to try to reach out to uh, audiences that with populations that we have had trouble capturing. And it's been really successful, surprisingly, and not, not surprisingly, but overwhelmingly successful. I think we have about 5,500 fans on, on Facebook right now, and hopefully we can hit 10,000 before nationals. Um, and, 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 of course, Red Man, we branded Red Man uh, as Cornell Wrestling. He's synonymous with Cornell Wrestling. And, and I know we had a person who actually dressed up this year uh, for Halloween as Red Man. And he, I mean, people knew who he was. So it was, it's obviously been successful. Uh, you know, we're not Iowa. We don't have the, uh, the history as far as the crowds. we got to work a little bit harder. Uh, we make every match a three-ring circus and do whatever we have to do to, to – to, uh, get old fans coming back and, and get new ones to, to uh, give us a look. 
All right, Rob, how did, how did you do it? In, in the 18 years you've been there, you started in 1994. You are now the number one team in the nation. It takes, it takes a while at an Ivy League school, as you know. How did you get to this point where you're contending for this national title this year? Well, I, 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 I thank you for t- giving me all the credit. Uh, yeah, Rob Cole did every single thing. Well, <laughs> and, uh, but it was a lot of people doing a lot of work. And uh, one thing I'm, I'm good at doing is, is getting people excited about what we're doing. And, and that's my gift as far as, uh, as my, or my talent. It, it, I don't think it's teaching single legs and double legs, uh, but it's, it's getting great people who just surround, I surround myself with great people. Uh, I've got an amazing staff. I've always had amazing staff. I've had guys, you know, Steve Garland, Tom Schiffler, Derek Del Porto, Brian Smith, all have, all have been here, um, and, and a whole host of others. And, and my current staff is, is equally or more, even more impressive than, than some of the people, because they're going to be guys who in the next couple of years will be head coaches, Damian Holland, Jeremy Spates, uh, uh, Matt Azevedo. I mean, these guys are just, just fantastic. Um, and then I've got amazing administrative support. Andy Noel is, is the, he's without doubt the best athletic director in the United States of America. Hopefully he's listening to this, this uh, interview, <laughs> but, but he is, he's also an ex-wrestling coach. Now it's not just wrestling he supports. He's, we, we were, um, Second, the country was in ice hockey last year. We were in the top uh, six in men's ice hockey. We had uh, we've 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 been in the top in the final four in men's lacrosse. I don't know how many years in a row. I think we didn't make it last year. We were always in the top in lacrosse. Our basketball team made it to Sweet Sixteen. You know, all of our teams across the board are incredibly successful, and uh, and so I give him a lot of a lot of the the credit for working with the administration, making sure our admissions as arduous. And as cumbersome and as, as difficult as it is, much it's much better than it used to be. Uh, working with financial aid to to get the the best deals for the kids because we don't have athletic scholarships, we have to work hard to make it affordable for the kids um, that do qualify for financial aid. And and that's a that's a incredibly difficult process of working with the president uh, down to the directors at all the different colleges. It, it's just a, it's a lot of work. And then of course. Maybe most importantly, working with the alumni and our fans to uh, to get the the financial resources to to take our program to that next level. There's been a there's a few names obviously right at the top of the list: the Steve Friedmans, the Arnold Neimans, the David Wexlers, and and, and and Steve Scott Smith, uh, who have been and a host of others, hundreds, thousands of others who have been very, extremely successful. But last year, I think we had 440 people make gifts to our program. You know, and I, I don't know what other schools. And, you know, can can talk about how many people make gifts, but 450 gifts—that's a lot of people. Um, and if you have 450 writing checks, you have thousands of others who who maybe forgot on a given year. Uh, but they're not all those are old Cornell wrestlers. A lot of those people are just people who who we've met along the way, who like what we do and like what we do are doing, and and want to help me enhance the experience of our college athletes. So, but it does take a lot of work, and it's not just uh, teaching X's and O's. That's probably the least important part of my job. Well, I know you said in the past that starting out, when you were just starting out as a coach, you just put so much emphasis on winning everything, winning duels, and by the end of the year, you were kind of uh, burned out, so to say, by the time the NCAA tournament came around. You kind of switched that philosophy, and you really focus on the NCAA tournament solely. You have a countdown clock. Not saying you don't want to win dual meets, but do you feel like with this year being ranked number one that there's going to be a little more emphasis on winning dual meets, more so than in the past? Yeah, okay, that's a really good question, and, and the answer is yes. That is, that it is. There is going to be a little more emphasis on winning dual meets, not because uh, I want to win them more, but because we have we have the resources 
to do it. And I mean, by resources, I mean the manpower. In the past, I, 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 we'd have a great, a great team at the beginning of the year, and people say, well, you know, I, I wasn't burned out, but my, my team was, because I, I put my ego in front of it every time I wrestled. The team wrestled, it was Rob Cole wrestling. I didn't want to lose. Well, so I kept these guys at a, its peak from, from October till March. Well, it didn't, I didn't get tired. You know, it wasn't, I'm not the one doing those sprints in October, November, December, and peaking these guys for, for, for the, the January. It was my team that were exhausted. And, uh, and so when I finally was saying, look, I don't have the type of team where I have so much depth, where if I have a couple guys hurt, we can win dual meets. I, I knew, I knew I had to give guys rest when they need rest. And, and this year we have the kind of team that, I can give a guy some time off, and I have a second teamer who are, or a third teamer who can step in and win. And that's the biggest difference between this team and other teams in the past. And that's the reason why we can have a great dual meet team and a great national championship team. I think if you look at a team like an Iowa last year, they could, they could lose one or two guys, and they're going to still win duels. We did, we can't. And and people give me grief about that. It's, it's not that I don't want to win duels as much as anybody else. It's just I don't have that. They did not have the depth to put the same team on that every single time and, and, and be able to perform at nationals. And, and so that's, that's really the difference, but we expect to win every dual meet and, uh, and we expect to, uh, to win nationals and, and everything in between. So, uh, it's a lot to ask, but we have that type of team that we can do with this. You know, we start off right with a bang. We have central Michigan and they've got a heck of a team. They've got a great tournament team and a good dual meet team. So we'll see how good we are right off the bat. November 19th. How do some of your wrestlers, uh, how do you know that they're getting your message? You know, as far as we're number one and we're going to win every, every dual meet, we're going to win the national championship. Who's your leader? Well, the nice thing about our team is the kids don't really know any different. If I, if I had these kinds of goals, with, if, if, if we had a team 15 years ago and, I, and they had the same type of talent, but they had, they had, you know, they're struggling to win an Ivy League championship and then all of a sudden you tell them you're going to win nationals, it's hard to, uh, hard to imagine that, so they don't believe it. This team, you know, we took second last year. We were in the top five for, for what, four out of the last six years. We've been in the top five. So there's an expectation to, to win this thing. Uh, we have four All-Americans in the room. We have uh, two other kids who made the All-American round. Um, so there's, there's certainly six All-Americans right off the top that we feel it should place. And then we got guys like Frank Pirelli, who's preseason and some of the top eight. I mean, he's he certainly beaten a number of those guys. We expect, expect him to be right there. And uh, so there's seven, and then the three kids, the three other weights, one would be 141, 157 heavyweight. I can absolutely guarantee you those won't be holes. Those kids are going to be national caliber, national all-American caliber kids. You might not have heard of them now, but when you're in a room this tough, by the end of the year, the expectation is going to be so high from those kids because every single day, you're wrestling a Kyle Dake, you're wrestling a Macalunas, you're wrestling a, a Cam Sinas. How tough can it be against anybody else? And, and so having a tough team begets having a tougher team. Um, and, and that's the nice thing about uh, what we got right now. And, and of course, we, you know, and then we, we expect that to, to continue into next year as well. How much would you like to beat the University of Iowa? <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. We're not going to have that shot, unfortunately. But uh, I would love to beat the University of Iowa. I'd love to beat the Iowa State. I'd love to beat everybody. I mean, uh, would I love to beat them because they're not showing up this year? No, I mean... I, I just I want to beat the I want to beat the best team in the country and and they've got the they've got the history on their side. People make people make more of it than there is. They say, oh, you don't like Tom Brands. I, I really don't even know Tom Brands that well. Uh, I just want to beat I want to beat Tom Brands. I want to beat I want to beat whatever team's ranked number one in the country. And uh, fortunately, that's this uh, us this year, so we don't have to worry about that. 
All right, quite honestly, that's the only team we got to worry about beating is, is Cornell. We just want to make sure everyone's healthy at the end of the year, and I think they, they'll take care of themselves. Well, you're going to be here at National Duels in January. We, uh, we hope you have a great trip out here, and we look forward to seeing you and your team and uh, pursuing this first NCAA title for Cornell University. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. All right, appreciate Thank it, Rob. Rob Cole, head wrestling coach of Cornell University. Up next, we have the legend. John Smith, six-time world and Olympic champion. He's the head wrestling coach at Oklahoma State University. He's next on the mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. Jim Rome here with your Rome Report. With all the fire Donovan McNabb had been taking lately, you knew it was only a matter of time before his old pal, Terrell Owens, piled on, and he just did on his reality show. And I quote, well, I don't really want to start anything, but I did play in the Super Bowl, and there were rumors where he couldn't get our two-minute offense going at the end of the game. Just saying. End quote. Vintage 2. Anytime anybody says, I don't really want to start anything, they're there to do just one thing, start something. And if they cap it with, I'm just saying, what they really mean is, yeah, I said it. You got a problem with it? You want to go? The only problem I have is that he said there were rumors that he couldn't get the two-minute offense going. Rumors? What, you mean the rumors that you started when you said he got sick in the huddle? What do you mean rumors? You were right there. What happened? Come on, two. You're a talk show host now. You don't couch things with there were rumors or people will say, let it rip, just say it. Drafting is an effective way to pass other vehicles on the racetrack, but it's not going to help you in the real world when you're trailering over 21,000 pounds. That's not a problem for the new Chevy Silverado HD because it was engineered with an available Duramax turbo diesel. It cranks out 397 horsepower and 765 foot-pounds of torque, enough power to slingshot your way past just about anything, including slow-moving work weeks. Maximum trailer ratings are calculated assuming a properly equipped base vehicle plus driver requires fifth wheel hitch and regular cab models. See your Chevy dealer for details. Head to the Home Depot this Saturday, November 6th for the free Kids Workshop, sponsored by Energizer. This means you and your kids can build a holiday gift together. And while you're here, be sure to stock up on some Energizer batteries to help power your holidays. We're lowering the cost of family time at the free Kids Workshop, Saturday, November 6th between 9 a.m. and noon. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. Save money and time with the Advantage Service Plan from AirServe of the Cedar Valley. The Silver Advantage Plan get two 14-point inspections a year, a one-inch filter, priority service, and discounts for just $119. That's a $40 savings. Call AirServe of the Cedar Valley today to take advantage of this limited offer at 287-5858. That's 287-5858. Oh, AirServe of the Cedar Valley. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller with your weather eye forecast on the fan. We'll see mainly cloudy skies tonight, the low of 33, and northwest winds at 5 to 15. Thursday, partly sunny, the high of 46, and northwest winds at 10 to 20. Friday, sunshine, the high of 42. Saturday, sunny skies with a high temperature of 51. Sunday, sunshine, the high of 55. Monday, sunny with a high temperature of 61. I'm meteorologist Ray Miller on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. Right now, it's 55. We're back on the mat. 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Joined by Doug Van Gelder. Doug, our next guest, final guest. What do you say? 
six-time world and Olympic champion, Northern American, has won more than two in a row. He's coached Oklahoma State to five NSA team titles. And John Smith, you have to know we love you in Iowa, don't you? <laughs> That's the first I've heard of that. <laughs> well, we do. I, I know. I, hey, it. We love what you've done for this sport, especially. I know. I, I know that the swearing and everything that the Iowa fans do—it's just all out of love. Okay. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, but, but let, let's put this in perspective: six world and Olympic titles in a row over the course of the last twelve years. That's excluding two thousand two, when the United States boycotted due to a perceived threat by Iran. It's taken eighty-nine wrestlers over the course of twelve years to win six world and Olympic titles that you did in six consecutive years. What's wrong with our system right now internationally in freestyle? I don't know if, if there's really, you know, well, I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of things there, that you could talk about. I think the, the biggest thing is, in my mind, is that uh, collegiate wrestling and freestyle wrestling have, have, there's a bigger gap of separation. The transition is not nearly as easy um, and, uh, as they, as they've changed this to three periods and, and, um, having to win, uh, each period, uh, it's taken a lot of conditioning out of the game. It's taken a lot of the opportunity to break your opponent out of the game. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people that like watching freestyle now. I will say that. I mean, they're, they're not saying that the rules are bad, but the, the gap between the, the collegiate style of wrestling and. And, um, um, and the Olympic freestyle wrestling, it's, there's just a large gap there. It's almost like two different sports. A lot of it's emotionally, a lot of it's, uh, tactics. Um, it's just tactics that we're not growing up with that we're having to learn for the first time once we get into freestyle. John, your Oklahoma state team is going to be at the national duels this year for the first time after, a. A little bit of a layoff. You weren't here the last two or three years. I'm wondering what your decision was to not come to the national duels, and what your decision was this year to come back. Well, I think uh, you know um, NWCA is going to make some changes, and and um, which I was hoping they would do. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that's an event that uh, we have yet to have here in Stillwater, and um, it's an event I want to showcase Division One because. Gallagher Arena is not big enough, it's, so it kind of outruled us, you know. And, and holding it in one location for long periods of time, I don't know if that's that's the answer either for for the purpose of it affects us every year budget wise. Um, you know, I tried to you know for us it's it's a anywhere from seventeen thousand to twenty thousand um, um, a year budget for us that we have to we have to come up with to go. So you'd like to, to, to be able to, to have that event a place like Oklahoma State um, in the future. And, um, and I like where he's going with it. I like the way he's, the direction they're moving with it, with the possibility of um, being a, a true national championship and, um, and the way they're going to possibly spread it out and, and have dual meets at home and a little bit more meaning with those dual meets. We'll see where it goes. Well, you wrestled the University of Iowa a week after the national duels. Can you understand why Iowa isn't coming this year? No, you know, I think that, you know, it's, you know, our ultimate goal as coaches and coach brands is, is to win championships. And, um, you know, you need to do what you need, you know, you have to do with your team to, 
I put them in the best position to do that, you know. So, so part of my position of not going is one, I didn't think we were good enough to, to be traveling that far um, to wrestle, uh, not an, you know, not not to get enough out of it. Um, so, you know, I don't fault anyone. You know, I think you got to, you know, at this point in time, the national duels is just another trophy in your trophy case. Uh, it's a nice event. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we don't recognize it as a true national championship. Therefore, um, you know, you need to put your emphasis and, and your preparation into the meets that uh, will prepare your team. And if you think the national duels is not going to do it, then uh, you got to rethink whether you're going or not. We're talking with John Smith, six-time world and Olympic champion and the head wrestling coach at Oklahoma State University, a program that has won 34 NCAA t- team titles in its history. And I'm wondering, as you pursue number 35, is this coaching game still a, a process that fascinates you? Is this something that uh, you can see yourself doing for another decade, John? Oh, I take it a year at a time. I think I'm in the in the uh, at a time, you know, after 18 seasons, 19 seasons. I don't know which one it is, but I take it one year at a time. I mean, I don't see myself stepping away anytime, but I look at one year and, and put. Uh, put a lot of effort into it and uh, make a decision at the end of the year of what's best for the program first and then uh, what's best for myself and my family. So, um, you know, I'm not looking that far. It's it's this year, you know, and I think I go about it hard enough with the right attitude, right mentality, um, you know, that uh, this program deserves. So uh, I don't think you can ever be in a program like this and, and look too far too far ahead. Uh, you got to be fired up each and every year, and if you're not, it's going to show. And uh, so, for now, it's uh, it's one year at a time. You've had five championship teams that you've led to NCAA team titles. I'm wondering, from what you see this year, is this a championship team? You, you know, I don't know if you can say that at this point, just for the fact that um, you know, uh, returning points and returning people uh, doesn't add up to enough to to really be considered a championship team. I think there's a lot of potential of it growing into that. Um, I think a lot of things have to go right. And, um, try to minimize the distractions, and uh, you know that's that's definitely the key. And and uh, I, I I am excited about this group. Uh, I'm excited about um, the environment right now and the and the energy level that's going on in our room. And uh, you know so. You know, you got to get out there and, and find out real quickly. And I, I do believe that we'll have that potential. We definitely will have that potential of may, maybe putting a bit together and to make a real run at it. John, I'm interested in how you reach an athlete to potentially overachieve. And I think back to two athletes who were side-by-side in weight classes, and that's Tyrone Lewis and Chris Pendleton. Everything I've heard about Tyrone Lewis is he may have been the best wrestler that you've ever seen in the wrestling room, but didn't win an NCAA title. And Chris, Chris Pendleton, who had great leadership from everything I hear, won two NCAA team titles, turned it on when it counts. How do you get a wrestler to overachieve? And what is it about certain wrestlers that you can't get to them, that you can't reach them? Well, I think a lot of it, you know, has to do with uh, the individual. You know, I mean, uh, are they are they hearing what you're saying? Um, you know, it's, and it's dealing with a lot of fear with some kids and and trying to get them to move to the next level and, and breaking down that fear a lot of times is the key, you know, and, and, you know, being a psychologist in some ways is extremely important, you know, and, and, uh, 
Uh, obviously, we're not that, um, but we've been thrown into a position um, where we have to understand it. Um, so, you know, it's about fear. It's about breaking down their fear. They're believing in what, what's taking place, and some people struggle with it, um, and, and some people uh, hang on to every word you say and, and really show great improvements along the way. So um, that is definitely the key. How key is leadership? Well, leadership's everything. I think we're finding it harder and harder um, uh, today to find that, that true leader that's uh, willing to step up and, and not, not worried about um, uh, consequences on their part, meaning that if they don't perform well, you know, um, or penalizing themselves, you know, feeling like they're supposed to win, they have to win just because they're a leader. Uh, I think we're finding it's a struggle, somebody stepping up today. I mean, I don't know what other coaches are thinking across the country, but I know in the last few years it's been a real battle to, for somebody to take that role. That doesn't mean people don't work hard, don't train hard, don't live wrestling, but to do the little extra to be a leader, to step out of their comfort zone, to push push their peers a little bit harder, um, it's becoming a little bit more of a challenge to find that kid. I'm interested in the stakes of wrestling game right now. I, I think you said in the past that maybe even uh, in the early 80s when you were competing that uh, you guys actually had, ever had to have a car wash in order to raise funds to travel. Uh, it seems like the stakes are a lot higher now. Why do you think that is in college athletics as a whole, but in wrestling, why are the stakes as high as they've ever been, especially going into this season when every team seems to be competitive in the top 10? Well, I think that the, the, the gap is closed uh, the biggest thing, the gap is closed financially in budgets. Um, you know, maybe 25 years ago, uh, three teams really had a budget to make a run at championships, meaning travel, recruiting, uh, you know, they could actually get on a plane and, and fly to three different, go see a kid three different times. Uh, I think that that, that uh, has definitely closed. I think, I mean, uh, from the standpoint of, you know, Oklahoma State's budgets probably – equal to 15 or 20 teams in the country. Um, so therefore it's becoming a little bit more competitive and we're all on an even playing field. Um, uh, and I think the universities are taking that step. Are we going to have wrestling or the sports that we have? Uh, let's, let's put them in a position where they can give us notoriety and, and we can have an individual national champion or all Americans at this, uh, at, at school from in the sport of wrestling. So, I do think a lot of universities and their presidents, as well as their ADs, have made commitments to wrestling programs and saying that uh, we can win in this sport. We can be successful. Um, and, and we're starting to see, uh, you know, the dividends of that, and, and especially in their budgets. Their, their, their budgets are, are challenging everyone where, you know, um, they're able to, to, to fight for kids on an even playing field. Did you travel to Russia to, to recruit your heavyweight, or did he come no. to you? Um, you know, it was uh, he was actually was brought in and and he trained at the training center for for a little while and and um, that was we had a chance to see him there and and the process started then so it was a little bit lucky um, of how we fell into it but we were at the uh, right place at the right time I guess and. Um, it's been a been a real joy coaching him, and and uh, the nice thing is is that very seldom do you do you have a chance of getting a kid you know from a place like Russia. I mean, 
the the entrance exam uh, of being able to get in school, uh, the English proficiency exam, uh, very challenging, and it's not easy to get them here in Oklahoma State. I'm sure it's that way across the country. I don't sure. think that it's any different. So he was one of the unique athletes in, in Russia that were wrestling where education was important. His dad stressed it very he went to school all through school and, and studied through the summer, and his English was good enough that we could get him. And uh, you find that, uh, that that seldom happens. Is he going to be okay at heavyweight? I think so. I think he's going to be challenged. I think it's an adjustment. I think any time you move up a weight class, uh, there's an adjustment period. I think it's more so probably at heavyweight because, of, uh, you know, if you move from 84 to 97, we're only talking – you know, 13 pounds. Well, heavyweight, 97 to heavyweight, you know, you, you can find yourself wrestling guys 20 pounds bigger or, or maybe even bigger than that. You know, so it's probably more of a challenge to move uh, in one year up a weight. But at the same time, um, um, his style will allow him to, to be very competitive at the weight uh, from the get-go. Um, for him to figure the weight class out and figure things out, we got to get in there and compete and figure out what we, what we can't do, what we can do. Um, so it's it's uh, it's going to be a process, and, and hopefully uh, through that process we can build him into a national champion by the end of the year. All right, John. Who wins between Dan Gable and John Smith in a one-hour winner-take-all fishing contest? Fishing? Yeah. Well, that's easy. I would. You'd whip him? Oh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any, any chance? I mean, let's just say, let's just say yeah. you and I are on the mat. Any chance you get a little cocky that I could take you down? You take me down? Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Kyle. It wouldn't? No. <laughs> I believe I think, that one I think more you're than right. the fishing. I, I think know. you're right. I, I think Gable has a chance in the fishing. I don't have a chance in the wrestling. <laughs> I have no chance. Well, it depends on what kind of fishing. I think for walleye, Gable probably win. If it was bass or crappie, I'm pretty good at bass crappie fishing. So oh, yeah? I think uh, uh, that's kind of a – just depends on what fish we're tacking. All right, and my final question, do you know what state John Wayne was born? What's that? Do you know where John Wayne was born, what state he was born? John Wayne was born in Iowa. That's right. I'm sure you I like that, too. I, I, hey, I learned that uh, not long ago, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you come up, make sure you look at the signs on the way to the National Duels. Okay, There's I appreciate signs. it. Hey, we appreciate having the program. John Smith. Great talking with you, Coach. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. Head wrestling coach at Oklahoma State University. Always has... Uh, has good comments and uh, always enlightening on um, what he has to say. He's uh, he's it, man. Six-time World Olympic champ. I digress. This was a great show. It was a great show. Doug said it. He coronates the show. For Doug Van Gelder, John Smith, Rob Cole, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to On the Mat on 1650 The Fan, KCNZ. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.